Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films, everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. Today, we're talking about making indie films Stanley, a man of variety, with writer and star Timothy Spore and director Stephen Cookson. I am Giles Alderson, producer of horror comedy A Serial Killer's Guide to Life, director of the vampire documentary World of Darkness, and the psychological horror feature film The Dare, and the vegan documentary, and a new TV pilot, <gasps> news of which is coming soon. Can't tell you right now. I could do, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> you never know, might not. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it might not happen. You know what I mean? Well, it might never come well, out. Go in and booked on it. I'm I know, going. yeah. Andy's, Andy's I'm be on there. a TV pilot happening. with me, so it's definitely happening. So I can tell you very soon about that. Very exciting. You heard his voice. Oh, wait, I'm not ready to introduce you yet. No, I haven't got to that. I'll just point. sit quietly in the corner. Sit again. quietly in the corner. Bye. Don't speak. A wonderful collab with Raindance, the incredible film festival and film course centre is continuing. Here is the details of this week's course. We are actually in their um, offices at the moment. We're in the Biffa office, which stands for British Independent Facts. <laughs> And <laughs> film uh, 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 actors awards, nearly British Independent Film Awards. Um, that's we're in their offices now, um, which is actually it's very glamorous. It's not. There's there's files. Champagne. It's tiny. Big couches. <laughs> and strawberries and loads of guys. Got a strawberry muffin. In, what? Got a strawberry muffin. What in your beard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean you've got a strawberry, got a strawberry muffin? What, oh, in your bag? Yeah. What did you just say that for? Because you said that there were strawberries. Oh, I see. So you have got a strawberry muffin. And I'm muffin, like, yeah, there are. Okay, well, we're in Biffer offices. We do have a strawberry something muffin. Muffin. Right, okay. Vegan, obviously. And um, we're in, in Raynard's offices, so thank you for letting us use this space today. So here are the details of this week's course. Think of any film you loved. And it's nearly always the main character that stays with you, right? They're engaging and believable. However, learning to create deep characters is one of the hardest skills writers need to develop. And it isn't helped by the fact that many of the biggest known approaches are oversimplistic and based on pop psychology. The good news is that our new Raindance partners are running a workshop to provide you with the understanding you need to create compelling and psychologically credible characters. It's using a completely new set of tools based on the latest psychological research. Join them on Saturday, 30th of June at 10am at the Raindance Film Training Centre, right here where we're recording this podcast now, and get 20% off when booking with our exclusive discount code. Yes, that's right. Only the Filmmakers Podcast gang get this code. It's 20% off. The code is RDPodcast20. That's RDPodcast20. <laughs> And basically, deep characterization with your characters from your screenplay. You can make them better, make your scripts better. Get booking and use the discount code for 20% off. The link is in the show notes. So joining me today, you've heard his dulcet tones. My co-host is the brilliant cinematographer of such incredible films as World of Darkness and the beautifully wonderful The Dare. And some other amazing films, you know, and TV. Like Borderline, uh, Stella Gets Her Wings, One Thing Left to Do, uh, and To Dream. It's the wonderful Andrew Roger. Hello, mate. That's me, the wonderful Andrew Roger. That's me in the Conqueror corner. Conqueror of light and shadow, devourer of chaos. <laughs> that was brilliant. Little podcast crossover there. Uh, was it? Yeah, don't worry about it. So what's wrong with the voice? You told me earlier um, something wrong so, with the voice. It sounds amazing. So after you've been to the, uh, the rain dance thing on the 30th of june you should come to coventry and watch my band who are launching our record on the 30th at 7 p.m at the phoenix in coventry so oh it's yeah so cool is it called the phoenix still yeah it's called the phoenix used to be called the campbell but i'm old so i know that in coventry yeah so we're 7 p.m we're launching the record there's going to be three bands and then us and then a disco a discotheque afterwards. D-I-S-C-O. Uh, 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 uh. But um, yeah, I've been rehearsing a lot, so my voice is shredded. Shredded. So shredded. Wait, so what date is that? That's the 30th of June. That's the same day as the rain That's dance. what I'm saying. But go right. to the rain dance thing. All right. And then come to Coventry. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah like do don't miss the rain dance thing. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be better. But then Perfect. come to the... But if you happen to be in Coventry and you yeah, can't yeah, get down to the Come London, and say hello, yeah. Or anywhere near Coventry. People get sent to Coventry. <laughs> People in Coventry love hearing that. I bet they do. <laughs> But they've never heard it before. Nope. So listen, that's amazing. 
So what have you been up to, Giles? <laughs> so <laughs> I've been prepping for the TV show that you are coming to shoot with me over what? in Sweden. Um, we've been looking at some amazing venues, some great cast. I'm very excited. Yeah, It's a comedy we all drama. Uh, it's going to be cool. I'll tell yeah. you more about that when I can. Yeah, me too. We'll talk about our experience, I'm sure. Yeah, we will. Um, right. Our new segment is called Indie Filmmakers Shoutouts. You know this segment now. We want to support indie filmmakers like ourselves. And we wanted to start shouting out about your screenings and your Kickstarters and fundraisers etc so if you have anything to promote remember get into my dms giles alderson at giles alderson or at filmmakers pod and we will give it some love or at 35 millimeter dop dot com or at or at and uh why not send a message to yeah. andy why not if you're not following him why the fuck not it's not well, Instagram. Yeah, I tell you what, yeah. it is. is no, it? your Instagram goes straight to Twitter. It right? does. Yeah. So, so you if know. you follow him on Twitter, yeah. you have to then click the link to look at his picture. It's you should just it, stick them on Twitter. You know, it's just the effort, isn't it? Oh, no, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy and guy. what's your Insta? The same. It's the same. Yeah, 35 millimeter dop. There you go. Uh, message him on there and go. Your band's ace because it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, the band's called When the Wolf Comes Home. By the way, I'm, oh, pl- yeah. I'm plugging that. You've got so, to. I think when the important. Wolf Comes Home. When does it come home? It comes out on the 30th. No, when? No, when's it come home? Uh, on the 30th of June right okay good. and it'll be on Spotify as well so see we are good at improv <laughs> okay so this week <laughs> um, this week's shout outs are to George Lucas uh, Tom Cruise um, Steven Spielberg uh, <laughs> can you think of three famous film people thank you for your retweets you guys really appreciate it um <laughs> Yeah. Okay, cool. So this week's shout-outs are to Andrew Mackey, who is the editor of Eaten by Limes, which was directed by the ace Jason Wingard. It's, it's premiering at Edinburgh Film Festival on Thursday, the 21st of July, and then in London at the London Indian Film Festival on the 25th of July. It's a really, really cool indie film. It's funny as hell. And the trailer looks amazing. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Do support that if you are either in Edinburgh on the 21st or London on the 25th. Thank you, Andrew, for sending us that. And Jason Wingard is going to be on the podcast soon talking about that film. I can't wait. Also, Scott Lyers got in touch as he has just launched his Kickstarter for his new film called Our Song, which is a sci-fi drama inspired by his nan's battle with dementia. 15% of all money raised will go to Alzheimer's research charities. I quote, your support means the world to us. So do what you can. And with both those projects, and I say this always, if nothing else, follow them and retweet them. But if you can support, do it. Link is in the show notes. We've got some ace news, Andy. Have we? Yeah. What's that? We are delighted to tell you, all our lovely listeners, we have now joined the brilliant chaps at Podfix Network. Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. Visit their website, thepodfixnetwork.com, to see the full incredible lineup of shows like So I Married a Movie Geek, More Gooder Than, and In Session Film, to name a few. We're absolutely delighted to be on board, Chaps and Chapesses. Uh, thank you very much for having us. You can follow them on Twitter, at Podfix. There'll be a bumper at the end of the show for your listening pleasure. And remember, subscribe to us on iTunes, and do keep spreading the word. We love all your support. And we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So thank you. And a big thank you from Andrew. Keep shooting, guys. Keep, Keep shooting. shooting stuff. Hashtag make your film. Right. Joining us today to talk about filmmaking, acting, working with directors, and to chat about their new film, Stanley, A Man of Variety, is actor and screenwriter Tim Spall and director and screenwriter Stephen Cookson. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to be here it's with a you. pleasure to have you. I hope. You yes. know, he might be dreadful, but at, well, at the moment, it's going well. So far, we've, we've done well. We've said <laughs> hello. 17 well. words in, we're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll give our audience a little bit mm-hmm. about you guys, even though they probably know. It's just nice to hear, isn't it? So, director Stephen Cookson. He's an English film director, screenwriter, producer. Some of his most notable feature films have been My Angel, right? Yep. Yeah, starring Brenda Blethyn, Celia Imrie, Mel Smith, and obviously the lovely Tim Spall here. Which won Best Film, Best Screenplay, and Best Director at the Monaco International Film Festival? It did. Wow, that must have felt good. It did. It was just very unexpected, you know, because you think you won't, won't win anything. And then I, don't know, I think the first one was, um, I don't know, what it would say, screenplay. And then we sort of won in about five or six categories. So it was, it was great. It's we were the only film in the competition. No, it was only five categories. No, it, was, it, was, it was nice, wasn't it? It was, it was, nice. Nice. It was nice. It was nice when somebody says, oh, that's all right. Yeah. 
It's always a bonus, isn't it? You've worked all that effort, mm. that time spent doing it. Someone goes, it's all right. Mm. It's all right. Won some awards. And then have you, this. Have this. It's all right. Have this have gift. It. But the award was very nice, wasn't it? It, it was huge. Yeah, it was, was it? It was, it was a 5,000 euro statue. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was really nice, yeah. Was oh, it wow. as nice yeah. as this biffer? Behind us, right? I just got oh, told about oh, this. Wow. Let's have a look at it. There's a full Biffa award here oh. behind us in Raindance. It's a nice box. It's a lovely box. Very nice. Imagine big if box. it's tiny. It's a huge square. What's not square? That's all right. Wait, isn't it? wait, wait. Look at that. That's, that's pretty, isn't it? That, that is. Very what is it? Do you want to hold it? No, not for no, 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 no. <laughs> It's got some no, name on have it. A look. It's not. It's not. Imagine that if we've got this year's award. Yeah, very nice. Isn't it? I ain't going to touch it. Yeah, don't touch it. I'll never touch one again. Exactly. It's like messing about in wheelchairs. It has got someone's name Quick, put it away. What does it say? Who is it? It says... <laughs> not now. Yeah. Itself, we'll know. give you. We'll score. give you afterwards. For sure. <laughs> um, and and then Stephen, you went on to um, to make Mumbo Jumbo, which starred Joss Ackland, Brian Blessed, and Richard O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, impressive second film. We'll come back to it. I'll just keep going because this is fun. Uh, then you did Journey to the Moon, um, which was the first musical since Alan Parker did Bugsy Malone. Full time adult cast for playing children. That's right. Yeah. Nice. He co-wrote uh, and directed Stanley, A Man of Variety, um, which won 20 international awards so far, including Best Director and Best Actor for Tim here. And most recently, he directed Shakespeare's Heroes and Villains, starring Stephen Burkov and The Telltale Heart, adapted from Edgar Allan Poe's short story, which also starred Stephen Burkov, Henry Goodman and Hugh Skinner. That film has also won 18 international awards, including Best Actor and Best Horror Film. And he runs the production company CK Films. That's wow. That's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. And we haven't even got to Tim Spalls yet. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Half an hour later. <laughs> no, your big long blank. Big long blank. Oh, oh, blimey. And yeah. the damned United with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A very good young fella in yeah, that. Yeah, he? he was really yeah, good. Yeah, really yeah. good. You're really good. He played Col- Colin Todd, I think. That's right? him. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. very good, Colin isn't he? Todd. What's he well, doing now? I don't know. What happened to him? What happened to him? So, Tim Spall, following a film debut in Quadrophenia. And why did TV exposure playing awkward Barry Taylor in all four series of Avoida's Own Pet, which pretty much most people know you from when you were, when you were younger, mm. when I was younger. Um, he then went on to play Kevin in Outside Edge and as Aubrey in The Appalling Chef in Mike Lee's Life is Sweet. Beautiful. Um, Spall has since appeared in films Crusoe, Secrets and Lies, Shooting the Past, Topsy Turvy, Vanilla Sky. I love Vanilla Sky, one of my favourite films. Rocks, it's not just because it's got Tom Cruise in it who I actually think is a brilliant movie star. It is a good film. Yeah, he's great. He's he great. Is. It's he, such he, a good film, that. It must have been fascinating to make. Very, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was interesting. Mm. Cameron Crowe is a very delightful man. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, how mm. is he with actors? Is he's he... delightful. Really? I mean, he's, he's, and he just worked with my son. My son did um, Roadies, was it? Uh, the f- TV series he oh, did. Nice. Yeah, and he mm. loved, loved him as well. No, he is one of the most charming men in the business really really yeah oh yeah oh, and, and immensely talented nice combination a bit like my friend Stephen Cookson here. there we go you know yeah. a decent fella and a talented one perfect so, more of it is bring that on it doesn't yeah, exactly. have to it's not mutually exclusive no exactly no. yeah no. it's not mutually exclusive no. yeah so anyway this list goes on rock star again that was mm. that was with Jennifer Aniston was that the one with yeah, Jennifer and, Aniston um, and Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg again. yeah that's a fun that's a film that's alright you, you know, know it was kind right. of came and went mm-hmm. but it's quite a laugh because yeah. it's a tongue-in-cheek uh, great story about um, a guy who ends up he's in a tribute band mm-hmm. to a big English rock band and ends up in it you yeah. know and about yeah. what happened to him in that yeah. I mean it's uh, I think it's sort of happened it opened around the time that the world ended, just after 9-11. Ah. Didn't help it at the box office. Not many people were going out, and no. they weren't in the mood for that kind no. of light-hearted film. Indeed. But, but if, you do, if you can seek it out, I love it. People do catch it's it. It's one of my favorite films. It's Is it really? really? Cool. Oh, yeah, because really? it's silly and fun and interesting yeah. and mm. some great performances. Mark oh, Wahlberg, yeah. it looks like he's singing all those high notes. I don't know he can sing a he, bit. He does really get away yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's very good. And Jennifer's great. Yeah. And there's all... And um, well, it was his Dominic. 
Dominic's in it. Uh, Dominic West. Uh, yeah, Don West. Isn't it? And yeah. um, Jason Fleming. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of people. No, it was a. It was a. It was a really nice job. Yeah, check really. that film out if you can. Rockstar, yeah. seek yeah. it out. It'll be on Netflix somewhere. It'll be free somewhere for you to watch. Yeah. I imagine if not, buy it. You know, I'm sure you still get royalties. I think it was the. <laughs> I got eleven cents the other day. Yeah, no, I think. Um, <laughs> no, it's. Um, I think that also funny enough. That was the first film I'd ever done yeah. in Hollywood. I'd never. I'd, all those years, I've been. Uh, oh. I never decided. I said I'd never were going to go over there and hang around. Mm. I said I'll only go when they waited, when they asked me. Twenty-eight years later, <laughs> and I really, really had a ball. Yeah, really, it was a good. It was a good experience. What was the difference between making British films and then going over and making something like that, which is well, a big Hollywood? Everything's. Film? It's a bit like you know, the, our film is a, like two different scale models, mm. you know. Our film's like a scale, like two scales smaller. Yes. When you go to America, everything feels like it's been inflated. Yeah. Everything's bigger. Uh, you know, the, 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 the schedule's longer. Mm. The, the vehicles are longer. Uh, the, the, hanging <laughs> around, longer. the hanging around is longer. Yes. Uh, but what is marvellous about it is that when you get there, the people on the coalface who make the things mm. are just the same as us lot. You know, they want to get on with it. They're just, all they're doing is telling a story mm-hmm. with a bloody camera, load of actors, a lot of clever people who making it look nice uh, and trying to tell a story on, 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 you know, on screen. And that's, it's exactly the same principle, just on a bigger or smaller scale. That's all we ever do. No, you know, the mystery is what comes out at the end, not the process. There you go. Mm. Mm. Great advice. Very nice. Uh, this is fun. Um, and then, then you went on to do All or Nothing. Again, another fantastic film. The Last Samurai, Tom Cruise again. Um, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. The Damn United, obviously. Mm. With oh, me. what a great, that young fella. Yeah, again, George, was, yeah. again we'll remember his name at some, <laughs> at some point. I'm sure he was cut out of Richard the Richard Todd. No, he but... was in the Dan Busters. When <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's close yeah. If you go to the extras, I'm in some of the, you know, some big scenes in the extras. You're in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. You're in it. Yeah, I'm in it. I'm in and then at the end of this list um the king's speech playing winston churchill again wonderful oscar nominated film not oscar winning film should i say oscar, i think it did i yeah. think it did i, did, I think it yeah. did all right your second yeah. film with tom hooper as well that's yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i get tolerated by people it's more amazing, than once which it? i always never ceases to amaze me well stephen here well exactly it's through stephen's t- uh, tolerance that we ended up working together again <laughs> absolutely mm. and how was it obviously because you worked with him the first time i'm jumping way ahead i haven't finished your list yet but this is really interesting and I'm then a bit boring everyone knows the list uh, um and how was it mm. working with Tim sort of the first time and then going, okay, we want to collaborate on this project. How was that first time? Well, it was a fateful meeting when I first met Tim because there was another actor who we were talking what? to yeah. to play this role in this movie. Ah. And I think we might have even offered it to him. Mm. And then, and then, and, and we'd sent the script to Tim's agent quite a long time before, about, you know, whatever, a couple of months. Obviously, Tim's very busy yeah. and hadn't read the script. And then I think you literally, you literally just read the script. The agent phoned up and said, look, he'd like to meet you. Mm. Or oh, well, I said I could meet mm. him. And he said, yeah, he'd meet you. So we met for lunch didn't we we did and we just got on really really well i thought it'd be like an hour and i think we were there for about five hours it went on yeah chatting about not <laughs> not just the film yeah, but i was lonely and steve, <laughs> steve was kind and he had a blanket because i was i was homeless at the time. No, no um no what was great about that was immediately i mean my member because then we end when we ended up working with brenda and you and i yes um that was mainly us three together and the, the kids wasn't it yeah, the, yeah that just before we do a scene, mm. you know, re- rehearse it, you'd come and we'd work on the script, didn't we? Mm. We'd go through it and then if anything I came up with was different or changed, we listened to it and we'd, uh, we'd make suggestions. And I think that's when we got our, we started to build our relationship. We knew that we could work together because it was like Steve's very open-minded. He's a very, he's, he's a man that says, yeah, let's, without being demonstrative, you get the feeling that he lets things uh, happen and mm. as we were kind of the script was good but we embellished it and changed it and to have that that takes quite a lot of bottle for a writer director mm. which he did and it then but it gives it a sort of um you know an immediacy when you shoot it 
yes. uh, because it's hot, fresh off the um, off the off the press. Yeah, and that's I think where we realised we would be able to work together later on. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tim, Tim, as you know, is very down to earth, and so he's mm. extremely easy to work with. Mm. Whereas other writers have got massive egos, and yeah, I think we have just got the same style and, mm. and uh, sensibility, haven't we, for comedy yeah. and drama? And yeah, we and like also, the same films. We found out later. Exactly, yeah. and also just. Um, that that thing of running it up the flagpole, uh, letting it fly a little bit, and yeah. not saying no, no, let's see what happens, sure. um, which is really what Standing Man of Variety is. It's a very extended, long ver- version of let's run this up the flagpole, and it went right up the flagpole, uh-huh. and became a great big flag. That's the thing. It's flying about, and it's opening tonight. So there you go. There you go. Talk yeah. about going. It's a very kind of. It's a very sort of un-British way of carrying on the americans are very good at saying yeah 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 mm. they're a yes society backed up with litigation <laughs> <laughs> we're, a, we're a no society uh we just say no you know not always yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or everybody keeps saying yeah and then you try to be say nah nah, nah, <laughs> nah but that's the great thing about steve is that he really is um open-minded and an incredibly um positive about um you know uh, and daring and that 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 sounds a little bit like oh well they all are they're not you know because a lot of people like a structure uh, and that's how we knew that we worked together i think on on stanley i think um, i think I, it's easy for me to encourage it though with yeah. you because i think that's the genius coming out you know because the script is just sort of you know as it is but then you get inspired don't you by uh, on that moment and then well, brenda got it's inspired kind of you to use that word steve <laughs> no it's but, true no, i do no, think it's those sparks of genius yeah yeah, yeah well i definitely. think it, you know because a lot of because right through stanley um we were it was a working process wasn't it mm. i mean it, we we started off with a um are we talking about this now? Or yeah, we of course, well, we are. You know, yeah. we, 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 Steve brought me a, a script that um, I read with interest and didn't mm. like at all. Uh, and then he asked me to reconsider it. And then I read it again and I didn't like Still it. Still didn't but, like but, it. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't for me. It was a I perfectly see. good script. Yeah. But um, just, just before I was going to say no for the last time, um, there was an element in it. There was a, it was a universal idea of a guy stuck in a place he needed to get out. Yes. Universal, uh, sort of, you know, one of the classical Greek tales, I think it is. And then we just, before I left, I said, "What if?" Do you remember? I said, yeah. "What if?" And that is where the whole thing started, where we'd started to discuss about films we liked, and then we, then we'd talk a little bit, and then. Then you talk a little bit, and then I do a little character. Then you go off, and we meet for a day, three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Then Steve would structure it a bit, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? And write, yeah, add yeah. something, and then I'd look at it, and then we redo it again. And in the process of me uh, sort of riffing a bit on it, and then inventing, then another one would come up, and then another thing. And then Steve would go and structure it, yeah. and he would add to it, and then it was like a without planning a, 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 a format or, a, or a, a rhythm that's what happened wasn't it it wasn't we didn't say we must do this and we met in various we wrote a lot of it in Quo Vardis didn't we and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and then in various pubs we'd right. meet and we'd be sitting there be people you know in, in sort of pubs all over the place in rooms and all and we just meet and you know it was and then we went at your place once and yeah. I think didn't we write the whole backstory about your about his mum and dad in your yeah. flat, which then became, which we didn't work with, we put it in like, oh, anyway. So That's it was right. a, it was like a kind of very organic mm. um, um, process that then Steve went back and corralled into a, into an idea. So we were we were riffing and inventing, and then Steve went off and did his writerly thing and then controlled it into thing, and then we'd break it up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that sounds like yeah. a, gr- that's a great way for mm. screenwriters to work together and the process to work together is you sort of go, okay, well, let's just riff on the idea and play with it and let's write stuff down. I'll yeah. chuck that back to you. And you go, well, that works and that didn't work. And suddenly before you know it, you've got a full outline and a full story. And it's, I think it's a great way to work. I like to work that way as well. Yeah. Well, it's a testament also to Steve's open-mindedness and, and you know, the fact that, you know, even if it was a completely preposterous idea, mm. you know, he'd go with it and we'd try it. Not like, you know, not like, no, oh, God, I can't. It was like we'd go with it. To yeah. certain, and some of them, some of these preposterous ideas are in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But but also we knew we were doing something strange. But then we'd, we'd have pauses which seemed like massive digressions and we'd start talking about elements, uh, influences, and also 
as much as we were trying to create this person who was um, uh, devoted to his his um, his collection, mm. um, uh, and as much as he was devoted to comedy, we also come to the conclusion he didn't have a sense of humour. <laughs> And also that he was a man of absolutely no personality mm. who happened to have all these people within him because all these characters, as much as they are demons, they're all him. Right, yeah. I mean, and it was, you know, it's not, and if you're, you know, it's only through flights of fancy and having distracted conversations that this sort of thing comes out, isn't it? Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it, it was a very long process, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, I think it was a couple of years. Maybe, yeah. Because you, you went off and did another film yeah. and, you know, whatever, and we sort of... So so there was no pressure to write, we've got six weeks, we've got to write mm. this. Mm. So it was quite like that. And I think to begin with, going back to the, the other idea, the mm. other script, it was just one character, wasn't yeah. it? And I think we talked about the Locke film, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think what I remember is you were saying, look, I'm interested in this, maybe this idea, but just playing one role for 90 minutes mm. is, is not very interesting yeah and so that's when we had the idea of hallucinations didn't mm. we and then could could that and you were a bit nervous could you do these sort of ideas and mm. you know and then we both talked about hancock and margaret rutherford and mm. you showed me that clip of you doing that character some years ago yeah and i knew you could do it and i think we sort of encouraged each other then didn't we to yeah because it wasn't like a turn it's not like i'd done these no. turns before sure. i mean they're all people i loved mm. Remember, I we talked about it because I said I love these people, but we also talked about this feeling of admiring them and liking them, but as a kid watching them, also having this sense of disquiet about them, yeah. having a sense of seeing almost uh, the, the the not a sinister quality, but a kind of yeah, almost like a sinister quality, like a strange um, um, uh, surrealistic quality underneath them, like. I'd watch them and I'd feel uh, a little bit disturbed by them, the black and white characters, that they were trying to be funny and uh, and they were or amusing and affable. Mm. But in my childish brain, I can remember feeling, I sort of associated it with sometimes the feeling I got when I watched the wooden tops. Right. And the... Um, uh, and the Bill and Ben, mm. and there was a strange cartoon around called Sarah Brown and Dear Hopperty. This strange little, this girl who bought this toy by this weird old, uh, slightly disturbing man into mm. a toy toy hospital, the one-eyed thing with a leg, and all these things that were designed to be affable and charming totally. that seemed to grow out of this Grand Guignol Victorian musical world. Mm. It's that kind of the the kind of um, sinister what I call the cream and green of the post-war period. Mm. People in iron lungs, yeah. people um, you know, odd contraptions like when he feeds his meter, watches the telly, yeah. he's allowed to watch his telly through a meter system. Mm-hmm. Those there was always a meter in your cup. You putting your shilling in to get. And some people had meters on their telly, so this bizarre kind of mixture of slightly so this sort of um modern technology but looks like something out of a victorian invention you know yes. the whole thing's a bit like that it's mm. imbued with that feeling yeah that kind of sinister quality you know? and and for the tone we started to talk about films like the elephant man yeah didn't we? and yeah. obviously a razor head yeah. yes. and, and i think those were two things as a, as a director that i wanted to bring to it we didn't yeah. want it to look like a bbc2 no you know play for today i wanted it to be very cinematic and we both as a as a sort of as a given we both loved you know healing comedies yeah i mean i re-watched yeah. kind of hearts and coronets recently which this is a it's, it's a direct influence yes, so, and it's just a, amazing mm. and what's so remarkable about it is beautifully made is the um, the richness of language mm. so we wanted to play with language in this as well these mm. characters speak in a very uh, sort of filigree way some of them are very their, their language is very very rich mm. and we never used any of the original um characters we invented all the dialogue. It's not taken from anywhere else. Is it not? No, no. Oh, wow, because I, I thought it might have been, right? No, no, no. no I, mean, I, mean, I mean, Noel Coward took a long time, didn't it, yeah. to get that so right? And, you know. No, no, it's absolutely none of it. None of it exists anywhere apart from in, um, in what your, we invented. It's, yeah. all on, uh, it's all a take on it, using an essences of it, and then using these influences. We're talking about this sinister quality, bringing this, to the, this bubble to the top. Yeah. So they become malevolent rather than affable, you yes. know, as well as affable, or a mixture of the two, which is quite a nasty combination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You Just know. so our listeners know uh, totally what the film's about. It's a man who's been stuck in prison for far too long and starts to see hallucinations. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. 
<laughs> I am receiving by post a repeat prescription. And you'll be pleased to hear that I've been completely free and unburdened from any further manifestations. It's important that you grant me permission in this, the 15th year since my beloved daughter's departing. I need leave to visit my daughter's grave. Let me think about it. No. It is obvious you are suffering from a multi-personality disorder. <laughs> I ask you to liberate me from this place of incarceration. Uncondemnable lunacy. I am simply here to guide you, for you are between life and death. You're going to die as you live. An insignificant blooming nobody. Congratulations. My parents refuse to acknowledge that life was not worth living without the fuel of laughter. There's obviously a history of raving lunacy in your family. It's, it's a fascinating study and one, Tim, that you do so well with all those characters. You really do. You really believe every single one of those characters you play. And it must have been quite a feat to actually do it. To How did you actually go about filming it then? Because how many? you must play around 15 what, characters. 15 or 16, because yeah, one yeah. of them was cut, wasn't it? So yeah, we oh, cut one. Cut yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh, also plays, I, I play my own mother and my own father yes. and my own aunt you mm-hmm. know, at one point. Well... I mean, I, you know, as I say, it's not like it was a group of terms. That when we started to talk about the films, Stephen, I, in a way, the characters, there were people I thought I could do, and then we just throw them in, might yeah. be able to do. And I, oh God, is it? And then they'd start to dictate a little bit themselves what their function was, because mm-hmm. we insisted that um, that every character turned up wasn't just a turn; it moved the plot on a little bit. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, so I didn't, um, Steve very um, kindly uh, and, you know, thank, mercifully got a whole co- compilation once we got the characters of YouTube sections of these characters and then I'd watch them just before I'd do them. Right. I'd watch them over and over and look at them, look at them, look at them, look at them. And then it also, um, you know, we got up to a point in the um, script writing when we were in these pubs and various restaurants and clubs and so on and so forth. And then Steve said, let's, you know, let's go and workshop it for a week just before we shoot it. He managed brilliantly to get the money for it. Mm. A small crew, there was about 20, wasn't there, in the crew? 20 or 30, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, really kind of, um, you know, people all you know, uh, involved in this peculiar thing. And then we workshopped it. And then we were writing right up, right up to the very last minute before we started to shoot. And then during the shooting, we were still adding, cutting things out, taking things out. And then, in a sense, these characters were coming along and then forcing us to do what they wanted, almost like the film. Right. They they Mm. were really, it was bizarre. It wasn't like a possession, but they were saying... You know, what do we do? Uh, uh, you know, here we are. We do this now. This is what we do. Mm. And it was like really very, very, um, um, some might say uh, disorganized, but it wasn't because what we were doing, we were, we had a, a structure yeah. to say we want this to make sure we're taking them on a journey. But where the fuck is he going? Where's he going? Yeah. You know, what is, where's he going? You know, um, and then, you know, I mean, this is again a testament to Steve's bravery about coming you know we had a crew so we had to make sure we always had something to shoot which we did absolutely and and our he and i's kind of um almost sometimes telepathy said right we're going to do this now and i could see steve was working it out and then 
and then Steve would be structuring it in his mind mm-hmm. as I was kind of kind of wildly and to a certain degree going into my imagination. Steve would capture those and then add to it and then bring it back and then we'd get it into a scene somehow. Right. You know? I mean, it was mainly the dialogue which changed because yeah. I think I'd worked out with you and yeah. privately how we're going to shoot it. Yeah, because obviously that was quite complicated because obviously Tim was playing Stanley as well as all these characters. Yeah, exactly. Really, yeah. really so now he worked it out. So we I, had to I work still, all I that out. I didn't believe he could have done it. But <laughs> yeah. He worked it out. You know. Well, we had a very good uh, yeah. another actor, didn't we? Yeah, Mark Brailsford, who uh, who learned uh, all the lines and he gave you somebody to act opposite. Yeah. So when fantastic. I'm doing shots over the shoulder, mm-hmm. it was this guy Mark who who was great. Wasn't yeah, he was. Because I was going to ask you how you did that. He was really committed to it. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, and that's yeah. really nice. Jumping back slightly, um, you mentioned there that Steve got the money for it. And obviously our filmmakers out there are kind of going, okay, mm. cool. How did that happen for us? Obviously you'd made some, a lot of films in the past, so you had that. Yeah. So if you could tell us a little bit how it Well, that is developed. quite an interesting story because mm. um, when Tim and I first read the, the very first script that we didn't do, um, it was absolutely rooted about football. And, and neither Tim or I particularly like football. And so what I told the investors... I don't dislike it. I'm going to enjoy it. And you're brilliant and damned you made. (laughs) What I told the investors was, I said, right, we've got Timothy Spall, very talented actor. What's it about? It's all about football. So within a couple of weeks, this guy, these guys at Red Rock, fantastic company. Red Rock are great. Red Rock are brilliant. They raised virtually all the budget that we needed to make this film. Mm -hmm. So cut to two and a half years later when we show them the film. (laughs) (laughs) Not one football. And everybody in the audience at the end says to me where's the football <laughs> you went well well there's development you know these yeah. things happen so you know but thanks for your money <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when you run things up the flag there you go there sometimes you go. if you break the original flag bro mm-hmm. and stick it up another one you get a completely different film totally different outcome but 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 thankfully they they you know they all enjoyed the film they mm-hmm. could see it was much more you know interesting than than this for this one actor about football you mm. know and so we went for it but no but so that's but you know that's that's how I raised the money it was all through Red Rock and my own company confidence tree <laughs> <laughs> lying basically it was all smoke and mirrors yeah exactly. and, um, yeah and that, that's how we did it wasn't it really so. well I don't know well I did it I just turned up and played yeah. Yeah. Well, but, characters well, oddly oddly enough I mean. There was a one point we got to, and again, this is Steve's um, determination and his and his positive attitude. I said, I think we can't. You know, I said we've got to a point in this script. I, re- I, I can't see how I can't see me doing it. It's ludicrous. Really? I can't. Yeah. We've got, I, and I said, I'm not gonna. That's it. Forget it. It's been a nice try, uh, you know. And we've yeah, because for for weeks they've been asking us to put it on IMDb, right? Yeah. Having fully raised all the money, yeah. you see, for a football film. <laughs> a football and movie. every week I'd say to Tim, right, Tim, can we put it on? IMDb? No, we're not putting it on IMDb. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. not doing it. And then he, then Steve said, leave it with me for a bit. And then he went away. And then he wrote a whole section, which is a section where it opens up, where it becomes a slightly different film when it you know we go up into the clouds yes. and stuff like that yeah, and it opens yeah. it up from this um claustrophobic uh, uh yeah, yeah yeah and it go it becomes a different thing and it's again of course it's part of his imagination mm. and then when i read it and saw that steve had, had a you know an objective view of it i thought actually this could really work and that's when we got back down yes. to restructuring it around it wasn't it yeah it was uh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and during that whole time, you never went back to Red Rock at all. Was it the only time I told him to stick it in? The <laughs> <laughs> There's a few of those. Well, no, I was getting pressure all the time because obviously they didn't want the money just sitting in the account. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, you know, oh, so yes. it was it was yeah. two years after they'd raised it that we oh, made really? it. It was a long. There was time. a cut-off point, wasn't it? There we was a cut-off start, point. Yeah. I think it was a, maybe it was eighteen months, but it was certainly a you long didn't, time. Steve didn't abuse me with all this information. <laughs> no, <right? laughs> just everything all right? Yes. Yeah, or did he keep me in the dark, or was he very helpfully by not telling me? I can't remember. <laughs> it's a fine line it is a fine line it's a fine line it's kindness yes yeah. it is it's kindness. kindness it's true that's the best producer directors don't tell your actors anything it's but, fine yeah, the thing was the, the, the moral of the story is that it's come out alright in the end mm, and very much it's so. going to open tonight I in see. you know in, for a small peculiar in, independent yeah. movie to open however small you know, mm-hmm. you know in a picture house it's it's quite you know 
you know, Everybody whatever people it. make of it, we're delighted. But I can understand why you've won so many awards. It is really, really interesting film, and it is a fantastic performance. Honestly, I really was blown away by all those well, characters. It means a lot to me because I really, right now, I still think, oh God, I don't, you know. Um, <sighs> What was I doing? You know, I mean, obviously I was very disciplined at the time and worked my, my ass off to get them right. But you still, you never know, however long you've been as an actor, you know. Mm. However long you've been around as an actor, you never lose that mixed, that, that sense of, have I done it right? In fact, the older I get, the more I, the more I do, the more responsible I feel for doing something better. Really? I do, yeah. I don't, I, I, I never, I've never been able to go, oh, I know how to do this. Every job I ever get, on my first day, I'm nervous. Nervous as hell. I think I can't do it. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what, that, what the hell I'm doing it. I mean, it's a mistake. Did somebody die or something? That's why mm. I got the part. I mean, you know, this is why <laughs> someone like Steve is so, um, when you, when you build, find a relationship with someone like that, where they, you know, they, they allow you without, without it being a, a sort of wank fest about, mm. you know, let's, yeah, this, you know, let it just allow you to come up with things, allow your imagination to fly, mm. you know. And where did that come from, Stephen? Where do you think your ability to talk to actors and, and work that way, where did it come from for you? Oh, I think from my dad, who, who yeah. Tim's met. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad is a very good talking to talk to anybody, and I think it, oh. it's just whether you're like that. Per, you know, sort of. You know, I've met all sorts of people in my life, and it doesn't really matter who they are, you know, and all that. So mm-hmm. I think it's just I naturally like talking to people, and mm-hmm. whether it's Tim or anybody, it's um, it's just it just comes naturally, really. Nice, and then you just brought that into directing and. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, I was an extra to start with. That's how I got into. You're it. an extra. Yeah, oh, really. So I worked with a lot of people then. You know, okay. Um, Mission Impossible. I did that for three months, and oh, that was Tom it, Cruise and Brian De Palma. Go. We've all worked with Tom. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, all as in not you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy will. I mean, Tom go way back. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> Well, maybe I didn't either. I mean, maybe <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. Maybe I don't it's know. A robot. Who knows? See, Who I'm knows? having a terrible insecure moment now. Well, it wasn't me. I, didn't, I don't know. I told you I was insecure. <laughs> but it's hard being an extra. I mean, that's no fun. That can't be. Oh, well, what did you I learn? Because I was really? about 17 and I absolutely loved mm. it. I learned everything when I learned how to be on a film set. I mean, that's right. the thing. Okay. I mean, you know, I remember doing when I did Mumbo Jumbo, there was an actress in there who hadn't worked for some years and she was so nervous because she hadn't been on a film set for about five years. And, right. and I just thought, well, I I'm so feel at home at a film set because I did it for sort of 10 years, you know. Mm. So, um, and that was your way in from there. You went, I want to direct, and yeah, I want to make stuff. I wanted okay, to write cool. scripts, and that's how I started off. And you, you can't it- underestimate the, the, the power of someone making it feel all right on a set, you know, mm. because you know what it's like when you come on a set. You, however much work you've done, pre-work, you're on there, there's about 400 people who look like you're the least important thing in the world. Yeah. They're all messing with knobs, messing about. No one's taking any notes of what you're saying. All of us, you lose your confidence easily. So when you've got a director that, you know, you feel, you know, even without saying anything, that he's got your back watching it mm-hmm. and, and allowing you to, you know, and if you even if it's sort of wrong, Steve doesn't say it. No, no, it's kind of a, well you know, let's just have another go. And then it's like, it's not, it's, it's a really, it's, it's sometimes not saying anything is as big as coming in. You know yeah, what it's like. Yeah. You'll try, you know, you go, because, oh, they're telling me what to do. That means they think I'm shit. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if they just let it happen, often that'll crease, that'll get rid of the demon in you and yeah. something else will come out. As long as it's, it's a, it's a facilitating, yes. which is a very, very, very uh, you know, very important talent, I think. I think also, Tim, is because I really care. And mm. you know I really yeah, care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sort of flippant about anybody on the no. set. I'm, I really care. Yeah. I think that that's important for new filmmakers. Yes. So no, he does, and he respects really everybody. He I respects all the, every department, you know, make sure they all everything's all right. You mm. know? But the, the best directors you have worked with, what is it that they've brought to the table apart from this? Well, I, I think it is that... Because um, you've worked with some huge directors. I, I have, had the, I have Lee, been tolerated what? by quite a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, um, on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, um, which... but, um, well, I think it is that 
work when you're working with writer directors there's an added responsibility because you know they've written the words you know i'm working with stephen polyakov at the moment mm. on a, his new big tv uh, um, drama series and you know stephen is meticulous about what he writes um and it, so it's a pressure and sally potter obviously i work with and you know and, and mm. but it's it's that feeling of um of them they cast you as well so um I think if they if they make you feel even if you don't feel yourself that you're here because they want you and you're right for the part then and it's not because you're going to come in and act the part mm. you're going to come in and obviously that all there's something you have to do in preparation to prepare yourself if you to come and be what they want you know not um and some sometimes a director will say absolutely nothing one of my favorite directors I won't name any names is uh, it's somebody who just It'll, it'll be like okay um yep and then and that's <laughs> like, well, thank god it's not because it, uh, if he starts directing me then i go oh no he can't stand it you know right. i mean steve's a bit like that you know he doesn't he doesn't jump in if, he, if you're in trouble he'll come in that's what the best director would do mm-hmm. i mean i remember this is me na- doing a wonderful name dropping um thing um when i first well, first once time i worked with um clint eastwood on a film called White Hunter Black Heart and a small cameo and it's playing his bush pilot. It was in the first scene I did, I was in a little aeroplane with him. Mm. He was playing John Houston and then it was a scene we get out and then about five or six quite nice scenes we were out in Zimbabwe filming. I kept, I was in the flying, this being all kind of casual and I was trying to supposed to be flying the plane to make him um, scared, you know. Mm. Uh, we weren't flying. We were doing poor man's process where they make it look like you are. And um, then we'd get out. And then um, I remember doing doing a big, long sort of tracking shot. And he came, he came up and said, oh, okay, yeah, okay. So let's, uh, you, you come out there. Can we go down there? So come out, a big talking scene. Me and Jeff Farhi were coming out of the plane talking. Mm. Okay, cut. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let's go again. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, did the scene. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you don't, you don't, and sometimes you could have a director go, now, you know, when you, 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 then all you're trying to do is play the notes. Play, yes. And all you're, you're doing bits. is play the yeah. notes, do this, mm-hmm. then you end up, you know, just trying so hard. Because one of the things... The only thing you've got to do as an actor on screen is turn up, look like you're completely believable, whether you're playing somebody with a green head. Yes. That you're, the audience watching, you're there for that minute. You you exist absolutely uh, in that moment. And then when that camera cuts away from you, the audience has to think you're still existing, mm. you know. So you're just turning up to be a, 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 a morsel mostly of humanity or some a, a peculiar character to be make people believe you. That's that's what your job is. And all the things you invest in that to make that as rich as it can is your job, you know, just to turn up and look like all the best things, that are effort, any, anything that looks effortless, you know, has taken so much work. Yes. The more effortless it yeah. looks, the more seamless to me, the more seamless the acting the better it is. And often that doesn't win awards, a lot of that, mm. because people don't notice it. That's yeah. why a lot of people, when they've got a limp or an eye patch or a funny, or a... Not that their own performers aren't good. <laughs> All of a sudden, they know that... It's like, well, you, you know, people in naturalistic uh, costume often don't win Oscars. You've got to wear a big wig. Exactly, Or have yeah. like a crinoline, or you know, a bustle. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's because then people know that they've designed something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. nothing wrong with that because they're be- there's brilliant geniuses. Yeah, of course. That. But that effortless thing is mm. part and parcel of it, I think. I think that's why I like Tom Cruise so much, yeah. because he's effortless. He when he, he, he's mm. so practiced and performed, and he's on it. And mm. everyone goes, oh, no, he's just doing his Tom no, Cruise thing. He's a no, consummate no, no, professional, he's, and he works. He really works. And look, he's, what is he, he's 50s now, isn't he? Mm. He's been at the top of his game yep. for 30 years. Now, how many people do that in Hollywood? They Not come many. and go. Yeah. You're in and out. I mean, that is mm. quite that's quite an achievement. Yeah. Yeah, directors really? maybe factors. No, no, no. no it's very it's very rare. rare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I suppose the opposite question for you, Stephen. How obviously you work with actors very well, but in terms of, uh, has there ever been issues for you? Or has there ever been 
you know, what, what have you done when it's not working out for you? Not necessarily in obviously working with Tim has been great, but in other situations, um, how as a director, can you bring something to the, to help the project move forward a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, all actors, actors are different. I mean, mm. some are more difficult than others. And, um, what I, I mean, the most difficult actors I've worked with, um, I just don't say anything and oh. they'll just talk themselves out of it. So I've worked with somebody, you know, last couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, basically it's just let them just shout and scream and just nod and just don't say anything. And they just quieten down themselves. You know, they sort of talk wow. themselves out of the argument. Because if you get, if you get into an argument on set, you just, I'll just never they, do they that. They run it's to just, their trailer and it's done, right? You just, yeah. we just don't want to do it. It just sure. ruins the atmosphere. Mm. So you just don't even go there. So that's, so that, that's the way I would deal with that. That's know? great. That's good advice. <laughs> because it can happen. Actors so simple, but so right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's because mm. sometimes actors, a lot of actors behave like that because they're insecure and scared. Yes. And they want an argument because mm. it makes them feel better. Mm. They can blame someone else. Yeah, because yeah. it's you need some you need it to be palpable, you need it to be exist and it's not because really you're it's again, it's about thinking you might not be able to do it. Yeah. Isn't it? You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, blaming everybody else and it's your fear. Yeah. Not in all cases. Some people have a very good, you know, argument to have, but often a lot of it is about God, oh, shit, I'm shooting myself. What am I going to do? I better start shouting, you know, <laughs> right. throw up a smoke screen, you know. Mm, so like, I can think so about it quick, time. So in them fills, make a distraction, throw a stone in the bush. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. same thing. <laughs> start a fire here so I yeah. can think about yeah, what I'm going to do. Yeah, give me covering fire, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. And it does, it's not helpful. No, no, it's not. And I think when you are giving direction, you know, and I think I learned again a long time ago is you can't, don't give too many different words because you completely confuse the actor. Mm. If you give them five different motivations, it's just a nightmare for them because then you leave them. They remember the last word, but what do you say to start with? Yes. So you have to give one mm. or two words, ideally one word, and then walk away and let them think about it. Because if you give them too much, they're confused. I'm jumping in to tell you it's a two-parter. Of course it is. How could it not be? Tim and Stephen were so generous with their time. So generous. Um, so, yeah, I've got loads. There was no way I could cut anything out. I wanted you to hear it. So, uh, join us on Friday for part two, where Tim tells us about his time on Harry Potter. We learn about Stephen's directing background, um, his relationship with Tim, and shooting in black and white and how he made his first feature films, and gives you great tips for first-time filmmakers. And we also talk about agents, managers. Do we need them? Do we not? How useful are they? The film Stanley, A Man of Variety is out now in picturehouse cinemas all around the UK. Seek it out, I urge you, and support indie film. Support it. That's why we're here, to support indie films, support people like you, people like me. Let's all keep making indie films. The Raindance course link is on the podcast show notes, RD Podcast 20, to get 20% off the course about how to make your characters in your script better. No one else gets this. No one else in the world gets 20% off. Only you guys listening to the podcast. Get involved. Now is the time to make your feature film be inspired and make it happen coming up is the bumper from podfix i hope you enjoy that until friday take care and why not make another step forward to making your feature film why not bye-bye this was a podcast from the podfix network Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.